to The Road to Tenue, a KKC fan podcast where we explore all things related to the works of Patrick Rothfuss. Spoiler warning, these conversations will cover all of his works, so if you haven't read them, you may be in for a surprise. I'm Margaret, and today we're joined by fellow Temerant Traveler, super fan, Megan. Megan, how's the road to Tenue? Gorgeous and cold. How were you introduced to our favorite books? Oh, let's see. One of my very good friends gave me the book a couple years ago, and she, along with a couple other, uh, you know, graphic novels, I think she gave me Castle Waiting, which is a really good graphic comic book novel if you haven't seen it, because I had mentioned to her that I was feeling bored with books, and she said, this is uh, The Name of the Wind, and I think you might really like it. I said, oh, okay, so she gave me her copy, and it sat in my house unread for almost two years. I think I picked it up right after she gave it to me, and I took it home, and I got to not all the way through the prologue. I didn't even get through the first story that all the men were telling in the tavern. And I don't know, I just, I was just like, this is boring. Which, which is, you know, <laughs> scold me, because <laughs> as an avid book reader, I know better. But then uh, two years passed, and then I was going through some stuff in my life, and I needed uh, an escape, and I just, I found it in my house, and I was like, oh yeah. And then I uh, threw myself into it, and uh, I promise you I've kicked myself every day that it took me so long <laughs> to devour <laughs> that book. Like, it, it still amazes me that just this beautiful diamond was just sitting in my freaking house forever, <laughs> and I was just too busy. Anyway. Don't kick yourself too hard about getting stymied in the prologue. You're not alone. Yeah, but I feel like it's one of those, it's one of those theories I tell people all the time. I'm like, I'm going to put it in your ear, but it's one of those theories where it kind of just, it'll, you'll get into it if it's the right time for you to get into it. Mm. You know, I don't know. I'm a big believer in fate and prophetic, mysterious things. It felt like that. The book you need will come to you. Exactly. You it. Exactly. How many times have you read the series? Let's see, I've read both The Name of the Wind and Wise Man's Fear equally oh, I have a hard time remembering I think I'm on I'm on my fourth I'm, I'm, I'm on my fourth, I'm reading Name of the Wind again right now, it's my fourth time reading it so equally three times and Slow Regard uh, twice and Rogue, Basque, Novella sorry I have to count all of them because <laughs> I feel like they all go together my uh, little sister read that to me over the phone over the summer, <laughs> so only, I know, because I couldn't find it anywhere, and she had found it, and uh, I was like, you have to read it to me, so she spent a week reading it to me over the phone, and I just got it for Christmas from my boyfriend, so I'm going to read it again here soon, so yeah. That's a good little sister you have. She's pretty great. She's on the, she's on the page. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned... The two main novels, Slow Regard, the short story, and Rogues. Have you read Old Holly? I have not read Old Holly yet. 
I have been having a hard time tracking it down for some reason. I don't know why, but don't tell me anything about it because I, I, I know about it, but I haven't for some reason been able to find it. Well, it blows the lid off everything. Yeah, I'm sure. So I don't want to sure spoil it. For no, you. don't don't tell me anything. <laughs> when you do find it, give me a call and we'll do this again and we can go through it. Oh man. All right, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I find these books are they're both meat and cake. I feel yeah. books are different kinds of food. Like some are like popcorn and you can eat a bunch, but doesn't do much and some are real filling and some you can only have a little bit at a time mm -hmm, but this is like mm -hmm. filling and dessert <laughs> yeah it's uh if i can get super alaskan for a second Please. that would be like it's the equivalent of um candied salmon because oh. that's exactly what candied salmon is it is meat it is delicious and nutritious, but it is also literally candy. And it's filling, and that's exactly... I'm glad you bring that up, because that's exactly what it feels like. It feels like I'm eating this naughty thing that shouldn't be as good as it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, and it's just so satisfying. <laughs> so let's get down to business. Let's talk about Chronicler. A.K.A. Devin Lockie's uh -huh. thoughts. Oh man, I uh, oh, I have so many thoughts about him now, because it wasn't until I don't know the first time I read the book, and Pat calls this the Virgin Read. He's like, "There's only one time that you can read something all the way through." And then you read, and then you read, so I read the, the Name of the Wind, and then I immediately started reading The Wise Man's Fear, and then I didn't go back to it. I, he did a talk at Comic-Con, I think it was over this last summer, and he read The Princess and Mr. Whipple mm -hmm. to his audience, and he read it twice. And the reason he read it twice is because the first time that you see that book, you're, you're kind of shocked at the end of it. <laughs> I won't spoil it for everybody who hasn't seen or heard of The Princess and Mr. Whistle, but the first time that you read that book, you're just kind of like, what? I did not see that coming. That's exactly what you think. You're like, I did not see that coming. Oh my gosh, you got me. And then he goes back and he reads it again, and he's like, so I hope none of you would think I would stoop so low as to you know, do something as cheap as a twist ending. And so if you're not paying attention to exactly what's in this book, it's not my fault. And sure enough, as he goes through it a second time, this is a picture book for those of you that don't know. As he's going through this picture book the second time, now you're picking stuff up because now you know how it ends. And so as he's going through it again, you're, you're cued in now because you know how it ends and you're able to look for clues. And some of it was really obvious that you missed. So I say all that to say, Devin Lockheed, that was a huge thing. I remember the second time that I read it, because, you know, you get through the wise man's fear, and we know about the Lackless family now, and we know about, you know, they branched off, and they had a big row. They had a big fight. Well, we don't really know, but that's kind of the gist of it, right? Like, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't have the word. But anyways, they splintered off into different groups. The first time that I read Devin Lockheed and his last name, I was like, oh, he's related to the Lackless family, obviously, because that's just a stone's throw away from their last name. 
and it's very plausible that that could have been one of the last names that splintered off. And then it was this last time, this third time that I was that I read it before I started reading again this fourth time. I really where the the pronunciation of the name really struck me, and I started to break it down because it's not. And I think I had posted this on the page. It's like you automatically when you see it, Lockies, you think, oh, he must be related to the Lackless family. I don't know. The first time I saw it, I was like, Leo cheese. Okay, good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I think, and so again, actually, I think I think Pat confirmed this in one of his streams. He confirmed that I was pronouncing it right as Lockies. Well, yeah, and if you listen to the audio tapes, which I recommend, it's lock keys. Lock keys. Yeah. So if it's lock keys, then lock and key, right? Exactly. Uh, uh, uh. So, anyways, that was a big uh, revelation for me. And, um, you know, and Devin Lockies, it's funny. We know that he was supposed to be traveling to meet Scarpy, and he wasn't. It's strange because he tells when we meet him in the forest on the perfect autumn day, and he gets robbed by some very nice bandits. <laughs> um, he's on his way to meet. Um, oh, I can't remember if it's a duke or an earl. I should have had the book out. But, I can look real quick if you like. Or a count. I feel like it's a duke. I think it is too. I think it was a count. I think it was a count. Or the Earl. I think it was the Earl, actually. Mm. I don't know. You're searching. I won't speculate because you'll have an answer <laughs> in a minute. Uh, he's related to Duke. He's related to the Duke. Right. Right. But he's going to see somebody. Is he He just going to meet Scarpy? No, he's traveling he's, with Scarpy. He's traveling. Well, see, that's, what, that's why I'm... That's why I'm so interested in him and why I think that his character is sort of underrated or maybe purposefully not really described because I can't get his story straight, which is strange considering that I feel like I have most everybody's story straight, or at least their mystery is, I don't know if there's a thing as understood mystery, I just made that up. That's, <laughs> He's going to meet Scarpy. He tells Coach, the innkeeper, that he's going to meet the Earl of something he, in a couple of days. It's the Earl of Braden Brit. Oh, thank you. Yep. So he's going to meet the Earl of Braden Brit. In Treya. Three in days Treya, from now. Three days from now. So, all right. So Devin Lockheed, Chronicler. The Chronicler. The Chronicler. The writer Chronicler, of the mating habits of the common dracus which we know that quoth read the debunker himself right mm -hmm. so Devin Lockheed's his last name is Lockheed's and that's a stone throw away from blacklist okay so there's interesting thing number one but then number two he's when we meet him, like I said, on the road when he gets robbed by the very nice bandits and his blue shirt that he never gets to wear goes away, but comes back, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> he's sort of thinking about, it's narrated from his point of view, so he's thinking about he could still meet up with Scarpy and um, it would, it's going to take him a while now to get to Treya. And then he tells Coat the innkeeper that he has to go meet the Earl of Braden Brit, of Braden Brit 
and when Quilt says it's going to take him three days, he he's sort of alarmed because the Earl's going to be mad. But then, as he's talking to the innkeeper, you also get the sense that he's been looking for him. He's been looking for Quilt. So um, I say all that to just say, I can't figure out what this guy's real motivation is. I have no idea. I can't tell why he's actually there. It seems a little too coincidental that he would just happen upon the road on the night that Quoth just decided he was going to kill <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And that he would... I well, don't know. I... It just seems... I, I feel like... You know, maybe it was happenstance, but I, I almost feel like there's... there's What I'm trying to say is I think that we're, we don't have the whole story of him. And the fact that we have two books and we know so much about so many characters and Chronicle is just this weird, quiet background piece, I don't trust it because I think that Pat's not the kind of person to put somebody into a story and have them be a set piece. So, if that makes sense. I agree that there could be more to the Chronicler. I do feel that walking past Quoth hunting the Skrail was coincidence. He was looking for Kvoth. Like, right. put out those rumors. His goal was to find Kvoth. Finding him fighting the Skrail. Also, I don't, he didn't recognize him at that point. That was later. No, he didn't. So he, he, that was, was just, later. I think that part, coincidence. Finding him, period, not coincidence. Something sure. more to him. Definitely. If he's mixed yeah. up with Scarpy, something's going on there. Right. Relation? And that's another thing. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. That's the other thing is Scarpy is a character. He's only in the first book. Isn't that right? Yeah, I don't think he's mentioned he in the an, next book. He's not mentioned anywhere else, and he's in Tarbian. Tarbian. Tarbian? Tarbian. Tarbian. Thank you. He's in Tarbeen, and then he just knows Chronicler, and Quoth knows him. He must know him a little bit better than that one time he listened to him tell a story in Tarbeen, because when uh, Chronicler mentions him, he's like, ah, I should have known. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, that, so anyways, what I was just going to say is the Chronicler-Scarpy thing is, to me, in so far in two books and um, two short stories, is the least understood and the most mysterious of the mysteries. I don't know. And, and, and there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of mysteries, but you're pinning Scarpy as the most mysterious. I'm not saying the most mysterious, not, not the most mysterious, because there's a lot, like I said, there's a lot. It's just, I feel like Pat has given us a lot of, it's funny because with all of his characters and with all of the intersecting stories, he's kind of painted us several roads we could go down with each one. And I don't know if I'm making any sense, so stop me if I'm not. No, no, but continue. <laughs> with Scarpy and with Chronicler, those two characters, like I said, I don't think Pat is the kind of writer that would just kind of put somebody there by accident. But the fact that he put them in there and then just doesn't, say anything else is it, it's, it's exciting to me because I'm wondering you know it, it makes me feel like 
there's a big surprise. I don't know why, but um, <laughs> it just makes me feel like, why are you hiding this from me? You're hiding all this other stuff, but you're really hiding this one. You know, because we can, because the other mysteries like Denna, like Debbie, like Ari, those are all those are all mysterious characters, but we kind of understand. Like I said, we understand that mystery a little better. But the but Chronicler and Scarpy, it's just they're these two. They seem very random, and that's why. I say that they're character-wise, character development-wise, and story-wise, they're almost a plot hole for me at this moment. And I don't think Pat does plot holes. They're not a plot so. hole. They're the Amir. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Yep. That's one, yeah, that's one way to go. <laughs> <laughs> the Amir are puppet masters controlling Kvothe and his entire life. Everybody you just named, Denna, Devi, Ari... All of the masters. Amir. Mm. That's one way to go. Definitely one way to go. We're assuming Kvothe is a lackless due to many reasons. (sighs) Yeah, I, for some reason, I don't, I know that that is very much accepted in our collective shared fandom. For some reason, I can see that, but I actually think it's more likely that Denna is a lackless. Personally, that's yeah. who I think is the is the lackless. I don't. I'm. I think it's more likely. I feel like it's her more than it is Quoth, but I can see the argument for Quoth being a lackless, obviously. But so for you, some reason, yeah, I don't know. You think Denna is Maluren's sister who ran well, away? I, yeah. And the the issue, obviously, with that is that we don't know if she ran away with the Rue. Um, and Malurian's sister did run away with the Rue. And we know that Kvothe's mother was a noble who, you know... Ran away was, with the Rue. Ran away with the Rue. <laughs> so I, I understand. I get it. But for some reason... And this is why I say it's... Enti- I mean, I'm not, disc- I'm not discrediting at all that Kvothe could be a lackless. I think it's just a matter of how I read it and how I read it in sort of, you know, that kind of imprints you a little bit. For instance, in the wise man's fear when he's, when he meets Malurian and he sits next to her, he talks, he, he mentions her mannerisms and the way that she looks and how she's very strikingly familiar and there's just something about her that is so familiar and he can't really put his finger on it. And for some reason, the way that that, interaction is written specifically the way it's written and the words that are used in that scene made me think of Denna and I don't know why for some reason I just I felt he was looking at her and thinking of Denna there's nothing in that scene to give me that idea it's just sort of how I interpreted it but again I could be totally wrong and he might have been looking at her and seeing his mother and not realizing it so all avenues are possible. <laughs> the other big support for his mother being the lackless is the children's song. Yeah, yep, that's right. That's true. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I've just been sort of a tinfoil hat person for too long, but sometimes... No such... <laughs> but sometimes... 
because you're right, there is the lackless song, and his, his mother, of course, scolds him and says, you know, she's a real lady. Um, although I think that he, I don't think that Quoth, because he mentions that the song is a little lewd, mm-hmm. uh-huh, and a little, like, dirty, like a mm-hmm. dirty joke. And I almost, the second time I read that song and that interaction with him and his mom when she scolds him, I almost wonder if she's not really criticizing him because she thinks it's lewd. I think she's criticizing him because he's singing a song, but he doesn't really know what he's talking about. I think maybe she understands it a little bit better, which is, again, a really good argument for him, for her being his mother. Well, I absolutely agree. She is his mother. The other bit confirming her as an as a lackless is Arladin is singing under the wagon and he says it's worth my wife to it's worth my life to make her my wife something like that and then not a tally lackless natalie Uh uh-huh yes that too i don't know (laughs) (laughs) again i've been a tinfoil hat person for so long i'm just like that seems too obvious (laughs) <laughs> it's a red herring. It's, He's trying to distract herring. us. It's a ruse. Um, <laughs> yeah, she could uh, She could be a lackless and she could be close mom. I'm not, I just, I don't know. For some reason, like I said, when I read that scene in Wise Man's Fear, when he meets Maluian Lackless, I just, the feeling, it, uh, the words reminded me of, of Denna and the way that he describes her and the way that he's sort of just like confused and she's sort of like mysterious and he just can't put his finger on it and Denna is such a evasive elusive character and so maybe because it was so elusive to identify why she was familiar maybe that's why it made me think of her but anyway I'm gonna hold on I'm just gonna hold on to that that slight possibility there's nothing (laughs) wrong with that until, you know, I have it written in stone. If Kvothe is not a lackless, uh-huh. neither's his mom. Do you think uh-huh. there's anything special about them? I'm not sure that Arladin is necessarily Kvothe's nah. biological father. Right. The dark-haired parents and ginger child. Yeah. Hmm. Well, so, if Quoth is a lackless, well, but if he's not, but we're talking about if he's not. Well, then if he's not a lackless, then I don't have an idea for that, because a lackless <laughs> fits. I don't have anything other, I mean, you know, it's like, it seems the most, you're, you're, I feel like you're convincing me to be a Christian or something. I'm like <laughs> having to, I'm like having to give up all of my, I'm like, nah, and you're like, but what about this? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm missionary. Um, I'm proselytizing the truth of Natalie Lackless. Natalie Lackless to me. Oh man, I think. Uh, see, because if okay, how about this? If he's not obviously, he can't. He he can't be Arladin's son. I just he can't be. He's too ginger. Well, he's in just all way... the ways that matter, he's Arladin's son. Well, okay. But... <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> if he's not Arlen's son, and I don't think that he is, because if his mom ran away and she was pregnant, and but who impregnated her? 
I don't Shandrian. think he's Arlen. The, the Sandrian. He's a demon. What? That's why he's he has demon. red hair. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alternatively, um, his mother, instead of being a lackless, was maybe going to be married to a lackless. And that's who the Ooh. father is. And that's both can still be a, the lackless heir and part of the broken tree. And Denna can still be the sister who ran away, but they're cousins, so they can't. That's, they no, can't that be would together. be weird. That's gross. <laughs> That's can, weird. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, kissing cousins—it's like a big family. Cousins, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. They're probably third cousins. That's yeah. fine. That's legal, right? Twice removed. No problem. <laughs> yeah, I. <sighs> I don't, I, everything you're saying makes sense. I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on this whole lackless and him being a lackless heir and his mom being lackless. I'm just stuck on it because I hear what you're saying and I hear all of the reasons, but for some reason I'm just not quite convinced and I don't know why. And I think it, it a lot of it has to do with how he describes, with how Pat describes his mother Denna, Murian, just all of it. I just, I feel like it's, it's almost fits, but there's something, there's something, there's just like a missing, I hear what you're, I hear what you're saying and, and it's, and you're making sense, but there's just, there's some tiny piece and I can't figure out what it could be. And I think that's why, you know, we have a podcast dedicated to our theories and a whole page and a whole Facebook page dedicated to it because we're like, oh, we're so close. <laughs> we'll find out, hopefully sooner rather than later. One, one day. If Quoth isn't a isn't a lackless, then he's a demon. Or both. That's interesting. Or both. Or both. Well, and actually, that all. So makes sense because I think that the mayor has a better idea of who he is. Who Kvoth is? Yes. Mm. I really do. I really do. I think the, the mayor is another character. His mystery isn't as unexplained as Chronicler and Scarpy. That's, ah, uh, yeah. Scarpy and Chronicler are unexplained mysteries. They're unexplained UFOs. <laughs> Whereas mayor is like, oh, it's you know, it's, he's just it's an FO. He's just, yeah, he's a, he's a stealth bomber. We don't really know anything <laughs> about it, but it's like, oh, okay, I can understand that. <laughs> I'm get run away with my analogies here. I think the mayor knows more about Quoth than he realizes, because first of all, the mayor, so he sends him into the middle of nowhere to do a job that he's not qualified to do, and Quoth thinks it's to get him out of the way. I don't think that's why. No? Why do you think? No. I think he sent him there on purpose. Um, well, everything well, not, he does I mean, is on purpose. He's no, a very I mean, calculating I mean, man. What I mean is that the mayor being a, you know, basically the king, I kind of don't believe for two seconds with the resources at his disposal, including that big scary dude. What's his name? I can't think of his name. The one that's uh, like a dog on a leash. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. 
I can't remember his name. Everybody else knows who I'm talking about, though. But with people like that, why you're tell? I don't believe for two seconds with his resources, with the men at his disposal, um, with his money, that he didn't already send somebody to go check out the bandits on the road. And I feel like the mayor knew what he was sending folks to. And if he knew what he was sending folks to, I have no idea what his motivation could be, but I like just he don't... knew about the bandits or he knew about Cinder. That he knew about that he knew that there was more than five of them. Okay. <laughs> and that there there it was a way more serious situation than just a couple of roguish whatnots. Never do well. Stealing ne'er-do-wells doing some tomfoolery in the woods. <laughs> so I think that he knew how bad it was. If he didn't know how bad it was, then he didn't give Quoth all of the information. And then when he comes back and he's just sort of like, ho, ho, what are you saying, 30 men? That's impossible. I don't buy that for some reason. I'm like, oh, I think Quoth got had. I think huh? he was outacted in that moment. What? 30 men? No. Impossible. <laughs> I'm sure that he sounded you just like that. That's Don't how I imagine he talks. Yeah, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds accurate. I just don't... I, uh, it's like, okay, 30 bandits, the mayor sends you to go fight 30 bandits and in the middle of the woods that, that also cinders there. And then you come back a month later after hanging out in the Fae. Well, you didn't hang out in the Fae, but you know what I'm saying. Sort of. <laughs> sort of. You hung out in the Fae. And then you come all the way back and he's like, oh, that's cool. Um, meet my wife, and let's talk about this box. Like, <laughs> I don't... That, that just... Now that, that you're a man. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's like, did he have to prove himself to the mayor before he let him see the box? Did he suspect... Saving his life wasn't enough? You have to go fight of course some it wasn't. bandits? Of course it wasn't. Not for something as serious as the lockless box. <laughs> no. And isn't it just a little, also, again, this is tinfoil hat hour. Um, so, I mean, add it all up here. So the mayor sends him to the Eld where Cinder is. The mayor has an interest in the Emir and sends Quoth to these bandits. And then he comes back. And now that he's defeated 30 bandits and a member of the Shandrian, he's like, now let's talk about this box. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm totally messing this up. I'm You're not coherent great. at all. <sighs> I'm following. And if you, dear listener, aren't following, please feel free to tell me about it. You can email me at road2tinue. That's road, the number 2, tinue at gmail.com. I want to hear about it. Do you have any closing thoughts to go with that, Megan? Oh, hey. I have a radio show in Homer, Alaska, which is an awesome place where I happen to live. And uh, it's called Cluster Duck. <laughs> like it. I like it. Uh, that's called a play on words for you folks. And uh, it's uh, every other Saturday from 10, or no, from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Alaska Standard Time. And um, if you enjoy my 
out loud, awkward ramblings and broken sentences. I do that on a radio show where I also play music. So tune in. And I have special guests, and we talk about all sorts of nerdy, fabulous things. And I play uh, Disney music, and also last week I, I played Space Jam. So it's a good one. I'm in love with this. I've never heard it. I'm in love with it, and I'm excited to find out more about it. It's pretty great. All right. Thank you for coming. See you on the road. Here's some cheese. Nah.